It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <clears throat> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to College Football Breakdown. Uh, I am your host, the coach, <laughs> Coach Graff, Talon Graff here. Um, excited to spend another evening with you um, talking some college football, some college football film. I got a fun show for you, in my opinion. I don't know. You might hate it, but I'm going to love it. Um, I got a really good friend on with me today. Uh, we're going to talk some JT Daniels, who is kind of up in the air right now, status-wise. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but former USC quarterback started as a true freshman uh, in 2018, tore his ACL first game of the year 2019 as a, as a sophomore. Uh, Keaton Slovis came in as a, as a freshman and, and kind of just took that job over. And then JT Daniels is now uh, transferred out to Georgia. Um, yeah, also just, just kind of quick news around the college football world. Big 10 starting football late October, it seems. Um, so it looks like we are going to see the Big Ten Conference playing some football. Um, so which means we could probably start breaking down some some Big Ten studs uh, and seeing what, what we can expect from them. But uh, I would love to do the Collinsworth slide in, but it's just not going to happen. Uh, but here we go. I'm going to welcome on uh, my good friend Ryan Dyer from the LAFB Network. Uh, here he is. Ryan, what's going on? Oh, I wish I would have slid in there. That would have been much better. Yeah. <laughs> but brother, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, absolutely, man. Thank you for uh, coming on. Um, yeah, man. Uh, just kind of right off the get go, tell everybody what you're what you're all about. What do you do out there in the West Coast? Well, out there in the West Coast, out here in the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, not too far from you. Uh, well, we've done a lot. Of, we've done a lot of stuff together. But uh, no, I run a LAFP Network, which is a website dedicated to Los Angeles football. So maybe deceiving with my background here with all Broncos stuff, but uh, I'm originally from Denver, so that's why. But uh, we cover the Rams, Chargers, Trojans, and Bruins. Um, and then I have a podcast, is the LA Football Podcast, which is the exact same thing. So pretty much just all LA football-centric. Have a lot of fun covering those teams. We're trying to just uh, take the media by storm out here in LA and, and provide really good content and coverage. So, uh, Talon, we've had a lot of fun doing stuff with you over the years, and I'm excited now to be on your your newest venture and and uh, breaking down some college football film like you do. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Yeah, we've we've seen the highs, we've seen the lows, we've seen the humbles, and I, I feel like you're you're starting to break out of that now. The big things going on over there. Um, I appreciate that. We'll see. But yeah, thank absolutely, you. absolutely. But hey, yeah. Um, last week when I was talking about having uh, having you on, I was telling the you know few listeners I may have out there, um, you know, coming out here to California, you were the first guy that really. I got a break from, you know, I was out here less than a week and all of a sudden you and I were connected and, um, 
we're we're working together and it seemed to just kind of snowball after that and um you know i've written for a few publications back in missouri but you and me um you were the first one that really gave me a chance and i mean this isn't possible without you so i just want to in front of everybody in front of the world i want to thank you for that opportunity because without you i'd you know probably face down in a pool somewhere you know no 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 well yeah of course man i mean thank you for saying that but i mean you you've gotten everything you deserved uh you're a hard worker you were with me building this from the ground up you're one of the most uh integral parts when we started this so uh wouldn't be where i am without you either so so you were well deserved you know your stuff uh and i've just had fun kind of being as a fan watching i've been one of those listeners of yours since you started this thing and it's been fun uh watching uh how you do it and kind of taking you know we started podcasting together and uh, now seeing you on your own as your own self-host uh, as opposed to a co-host. So it's been fun uh, seeing that. So I'm excited to not even be a co-host, just be a guest on your show. So it's, it'll be fun. Yeah, thrilled to have you, man. Thrilled to have you. And I appreciate the kind words. Um, but anyway, enough of the, you know, huggy, kissy. Let's get into some football talk. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so with the, first off, I want to talk about a little Pac-12. But the Big Ten news coming out, and I know that – uh, there was a petition or a letter going around social media that was sent to Governor Gavin Newsom that was really kind of spearheaded by wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, who was actually a high school teammate and former college teammate of our subject today, JT Daniels. So what I, is there any really big news? That's, is the Pac-12 going to play this fall? Is it still kind of up in the air? Are they still looking to spring? Is there anything breaking after this whole thing with Gavin Newsom and, and all that? Well, just what was it? A week ago, a few days ago, uh, the Pac-12 partnered with a company that produces FDA-approved rapid tests. Um, so Larry Scott called that a game changer in the hopes of the Pac-12 coming back. And then they were, again, a report by ESPN, I believe came out yesterday or maybe two days ago, saying that now the Pac-12 had talked among league officials about potentially coming back mid to late November. And so that hearing those kind of hope was kind of what, caused that USC, Amon Ross St. Brown, to spearhead this letter to send to Newsom because uh, that as of right now, California, or I should say as of this morning, California and Oregon were the only two states that weren't allowing you know full contact practices. It was no more than 12 players in a group at a time. I'm sure, Coach, you know very well, being a coach, what those restrictions uh, can be. You really can't practice if you can only have 12 guys together at a time. Um, so from what I've heard just today, Newsom, California's governor, I, I can't speak for Oregon's, um, but came out and basically said, hey, we we don't think, and I don't know how much of this is him just, you know, blowing smoke of people, or is it him actually, like, changing policy, but he was saying, we haven't implemented anything that restricts college football from happening, so I don't know if that means he's lifting some of those uh, contact things, or if maybe the verbiage and the communication between the Pac-12 and Governor Newsom was incorrect, or if behind closed doors, he actually did lift some of those restrictions. But as of five o'clock tonight, it's looking like California schools will be able to begin practicing with actual contact. And now all of a sudden you're hearing news that maybe by Halloween, we have a Pac-12 season. So that was a very long-winded answer saying, yes, I do believe we're going to have a fall season, whether it's Halloween, whether it's Thanksgiving. I don't know about that, but I think it is going to happen, which is crazy where we were just, what, three weeks ago when they announced they're not doing it. So um, and for a football fan, I'm, I'm excited and, and they're kind of just following suit with the big 10, which I know you talked to or talked about right when you opened the show about how they're now coming back too. So I think it's good for the PAC 12 and, and the, the big 10 is kind of pushing them along. Cause right now the PAC 12 is the only power five school not announcing play. So that's got to change. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah, you put it on the head, man. It's, it's just from where this all started. It's crazy to think that by the end of October, early November, we could see all Power Five conferences playing football. And yeah, I really didn't think that was going to happen. I had no idea about the Big Ten, the Pac-12, what their plan was. I knew mm-hmm. I, I heard spring football was thrown out, which I was not a fan of, especially if you're playing fall football right after that. But I mean, I shouldn't say too much because at the high school level, that's exactly what we're doing. We're playing. I mean, we're not. We're playing the spring. We're playing in January. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, and then um, there's some other recent California news with the wildfires. We actually, as a high school team, haven't been able to practice all week due to poor mm-hmm. air quality, which is just kind of another. It's like if it went, if it ain't one thing, it's another. Exactly. Uh, so it's crazy. But anyway, yeah, just yeah, I love catching up with you. I love talking to you. Um, but yeah, yeah. there's some um, good Pac-12 news. I know if, if I want to know about the Pac-12, you're the first one to come to. So, um, well, it's, and I, I I don't mean to cut you off, but it's it's, you're good. it's interesting to think about in just three weeks ago, how it was, okay, pac 12s done, all sports, fall sports done. And now three weeks later, it's like, oh, we may be playing within a month and a half. So it's like, okay, is it the powers that be pushing their hand, whether that's fans, whether that's boosters, whether that's seeing how much money they're losing, whether that's them being the only conference that is not playing, or is it really, you know, they were crying wolf too early saying how terrible everything, and I'm not going to get into the whole pandemic and all that. Cause sure. you know, I'm not that smart. I, I focus on football, not actual, you know, medical stuff. That's not my place, but it's just interesting to see how something can change so quickly in three weeks from absolute shutdown to, yeah, we can play in a month. So, but anyway. yeah, yeah, it is pretty wild. Um, pretty wild. But all right. JT Daniels. Um, last, last time we saw him playing, it wasn't a good thing. Uh, it was mm-hmm. uh, first game of the year. What uh, I guess a full season ago now, 2019, almost a mm-hmm. almost exactly a year. Uh, he he tore his ACL late August, and obviously we're in mid mid September. Um, and I wasn't aware of this, but apparently he had another knee surgery, not as major, but he had another one in January. And his status for their first game against Arkansas is kind of up in the air. They may actually start Dewan Mathis mm-hmm. solely based on JT Daniels' medical clearance. I mean, he's been practicing, but he's still not cleared to play. But head coach Kirby Smart has said that they wouldn't be practicing him if they didn't expect him to be cleared. So that is kind of his status for week one against Arkansas up in the air. But regardless, what should Georgia fans expect now with Jamie Newman opting out? What should they expect from JT Daniels as a quarterback? I know it's been a long time since we've really kind of seen what he can bring to the table. He was an 18-year-old freshman starter at USC, true freshman, fresh out of a high school career off on modern day, played with a mm-hmm. bunch of talent at USC, a bunch of talent in high school. A lot of people kind of think that covered up a lot of his shortcomings, but from your experience covering JT Daniels, what should Georgia fans expect? Yeah. Well, we, we can talk about this together. It's, it's funny hearing you just ask me the questions now as a guest, but so I'll say my piece and you can, you can, cause we covered him at the same time together. Um, but I, I, I was on a Georgia show actually a few weeks ago, once JT Daniels transfer was official, which I know it's been a little while now, but um, once practice, I guess, started and they kind of asked me the same question, what to expect. And, you know, you're getting a kid who's, you know, a big talent, what, six, three, 210 pounds. So big bodied guy has a, a super talented arm. He's more mobile and athletic than maybe he looks, um, you know, and he makes plays that you, you see and you're like, wow, this is why he was a five-star recruit. He was the number two recruit in all of California, in his class, right behind his teammate, Amon Ross St. Brown, who both went to USC gone are those days for USC recruiting. Hopefully they'll be back soon. But, um, uh, but yeah, he makes throws real like, wow. Okay. That's where, 
the talent comes from. That's why he was so good at modern day, why he was so highly recruited. And then he'll make other throws where he's using that talent and it can be detrimental because you're like, what are you doing? And granted, that was as a, he charted as a true freshman, graduated early from modern day so he could get into practice for the Trojans. So, I mean, that's just some of that's just being young, being immature, didn't have the full maturation project process as a quarterback. Um, but overall, if you're a Georgia fan, you, I think you should be extremely excited if he is fully healthy a guy that just has tons of talent, like I said, great arm talent. I think he's a leader. His teammates loved him. When he did go down, he was one of the first guys rooting on Keaton Slovis, very helpful for with him on the sidelines, so a good team guy. Um, so I would be excited. One guy that I kind of – and I, it's hard when you comp guys because when you comp guys, automatically listeners or readers say, oh, that's their trajectory for their career. That, I'm not necessarily saying that. I just think I see some of similar characteristics, and I see – Andrew Luck sometimes when I watch just the body of work, the size that he is and what he's able to do with the football in the pocket. He's got great feet in the pocket. Um, so I see a little bit of Andrew Luck. I'm not going to say he's going to have that good of an end of his collegiate career, be a number one overall pick and have a phenomenal career. I know Andrew Luck, I was saying that it early, but he was a top quarterback while he played. I'm not saying he's necessarily going to do that, but just some of the things that he's able to do, they're kind of reminiscent of each other. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, no, he, I think a lot of the shortcomings that we saw in 2018 is, is just the fact that he was a true freshman. There was a lot of times where I felt like his throwing motion was – he had a weird throwing motion. I don't feel like he, he put his whole body into it. He kind of used a lot of his – he relied on his arm talent. Totally. And kind of just – and it was like, all right, I, in high school this worked. You know, well, yeah, of course it did. You you were a stud and you were playing with a bunch of D1 recruits, man. But it, when you get to the D1 level – that don't that, that don't work and, yeah, and the defense also has D one recruits so <laughs> exactly yeah um, and so when when he got to USC a lot of the times his his you know he would sail balls that would really fall short he would he he wouldn't uh, put enough zip on the ball he would really kind of just not do what he was meant or not meant to do but fundamentally sound football mm-hmm. then there are times where it's like if you're not thinking that's when he looked the best. Like there was times where I saw he was under very uh, heavy pressure and he would just wing the ball out there and it would be a, an unbelievably accurate pass. And it's like, I feel like he's almost thinking too much. The pressure of being a true freshman USC starter really kind of got to him a little bit. Um, not to make excuses for the kid, but you know, I, I know that kind of sounds lazy, but it's like if, if, if he can get in the right situation, if he can get with the right coach, I'm not saying he had bad coaching at USC, um, but if he can if, if he can find a, a fresh start, get healthy, I think this kid might actually, you know, beat something. You know, and, and I, I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't see the Andrew Luck comp. I'm not very good at comps. I'm just I'm not I've never been very good at comp- comparisons. You've you've always kind of that's kind of been your thing. Um, but me, I was you know, it's, it's hard for me. I don't know why. I've just never really been able to comp two guys. But I if he could have an Andrew Luck type of end of his college career, Georgia fans should be thrilled to death. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And who knows if that is even correct. That's just kind of what I saw when watching it. But it's, and I don't want to turn this into a, a USC show necessarily, but it's funny you bring up kind of him when he was under duress or, or, okay, you brought up how he wasn't sometimes fundamentally sound, but he was relying too much on his strength. And that was kind of the polar opposite of what Keaton Slovis was and is. Slovis doesn't have the, the same, I mean, obviously a talented kid, but you know, a three-star recruit out of a small school in Arizona, um, but he's just well-coached, very fundamentally sound, good footwork, but JT Daniels is the guy that got the big arm. If he can get it out of his own way, and as you said, to be kind of reborn and and have a fresh start and be truly healthy, uh, we can truly see him um, go to his full potential. Because you got to remember, too, when you talk about 
the number two recruit in all of California, top five star. His only guy better than him was his own teammate who came to him. There's a lot of pressure on him, and he was kind of considered the savior of USC when he came in. He was had some down years prior to that, and uh, whereas Skeen Slow was kind of the opposite. It's a guy that nobody knew came in for an injured star quarter. If he kind of you know, for lack of better words, crapped the bed, no one was going to be mad who were there. Whereas JT Daniels was considered this savior of the program. And so he had a lot to live up to. And he, he played fairly well stretch freshman year, just had some downcome. But um, if I'm George, I would be thrilled that he came to us. And uh, I think he can help there. I mean, they don't need to be turned around. They've been a great program now for years. But but he can just keep on that elevated path if he's healthy. Yeah, 100%. And, and something else I want to touch on, I know you're going to really enjoy this. Um, Graham Harrell didn't show up at USC until 2019. Mm-hmm. My guy. So, yeah, exactly. Your guy. So had uh, – Daniel's not gotten hurt yeah. and, and feel free to talk USC all you want. Cause this isn't necessarily USC Georgia show. This is just college football show. So we can, this is JT Daniels. We can talk about whatever we want, buddy. This art is, you know, this is coach <laughs> show now. We can do whatever we want. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, so when you took, you know, and I know that sometimes coaching, uh, you know, uh, coaching changes and you had a conversation with, uh, remind me of uh, Max Brown mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks, months ago about how, rapid coaching changes can affect a player's trajectory. Um, and sometimes that's overplayed, but having a wrong coach versus the right coach, that could be a big thing. And I think Graham Harrell, obviously you, you could see the development of Keaton Slovis and in, in the offense they ran um, versus in 2018, JT Daniels, you know, had, had Daniels not gotten hurt, had he had Harrell a year before uh, and a little more time under his tutelage. Is, is that different? Do you think we see a different JT Daniels or do you think whatever happened was going to happen? I mean, had he not gotten hurt, I think we certainly would see a a better JT Daniels. Graham Harrell is a very quarterback friendly style coach. He runs a system that is is going to benefit the quarterbacks. You're you're having so many receivers out in routes. You're putting him in you know the best possible situation to complete passes uh, in open space. And so it's I don't want to call it not a complicated system, but it's just it's very quarterback friendly. And you're gonna you're a lot of people like to call it you know it's gonna a, a pad or a um, stat patter because of how many times you're throwing the rock. But if you're a good quarterback with good talent, you're going to take that and push the next level. We saw a guy like Gardner Minshew in Mike Leach's system kind of light the light the NCAA on fire. You know, Minshew mania back at Washington State. Well, now he's doing great still in Jacksonville. And he took over the starting job there for an overpaid Nick Foles. And we're seeing Gardner Minshew won the starting job this year, just beat Phillip Rivers, the Indianapolis Colts on a Jaguars team that's supposed to be the worst in the league. So quarterbacks that have talent when they're put in that correct system can then just take it exponentially farther. And I think Dayton Daniels would have done that in Graham Hill's system, but we're seeing Keaton Slovis do it. That's a kid they trust. So they said, Hey, this is our guy moving forward. And so Daniels now hopefully can start fresh down in Georgia. And, and I'll be honest, I don't even totally know the offense that Jordan runs. You'll be able to speak much more, probably better than me on that coach. Cause you probably pay attention a lot more to sec football. I'm pretty much strictly LA slash PAC 12 football. Um, but I, I think obviously what Kirby Smart's doing down there, uh, he'll be put in a situation that hopefully benefits him. And he wouldn't have, you know, when he entered the transfer portal, I assume he had some choices. And so that he chose there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's very true. He is going into a, a very good situation. You look at Jake Fromm, uh, a lot of people were kind of dogging Jake, you know, no pun intended dogging Jake Fromm. Um, and you, you saw him, you know, a lot of, he was one of the, better college quarterbacks in terms of success and, and, and uh, numbers and, and wins. But then, you know, you get to the draft process and, and Jake Fromm is slipping down boards and he ends up being, I believe like a fourth or fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So obviously, Jake Fromm is was not an elite quarterback, and I'm not going to sit here and say JT Daniels is an elite quarterback. But for JT Daniels to go into a system like George's, where we saw Jake Fromm perform very well, we uh, and I know this is before Kirby Smart, so it might be a little outdated, but we saw even guys like Aaron Murray perform very well. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a, a place where quarterbacks thrive, and and when you look at the defensive units they put together, the running game that George always has. Um, they have Zamir White down there. They always put they always put out you know at least one or two draft picks that, that have solid careers in the NFL. So I do think J T Daniels, if he can find a way to get healthy and, and maintain his health, I think he is going to be in a good situation. Um, but how do you feel about breaking down some coach force, old Mister Dyrud? Breaking down some film, we can we can get yeah. into it. We can try. Yeah. All right, well, let's do. You take the lead, and I'll follow your lead. Let's see it. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. Um, so we're gonna get off right off. See, we're not going to be too harsh on Mr. Daniels just because he was uh, a true freshman, as we've said a lot. But here we go. We're going to get into some USC film. Um, granted, this is a couple years. And here's exactly what I'm talking about, where sometimes if he's not thinking, it's just a good throw. And here he has very heavy pressure. Uh, the guy comes almost unblocked. Uh, let's see. All right, here we go. Right in his face. Slings the ball, pretty good placement, and ends up being a touchdown. Great catch by, I believe that's Venus Jones. You know better than I did. Right there, I mean, he's got pressure. The guy's leaping. He has to get the ball to a, to a good tra- tra- trajectory, my word, um, to where it clears the defender. Uh, and then, obviously, it's not going to be a simple catch, but it's, I mean, the receiver doesn't really, I mean, he has to turn around. But that's a, that's a, good, that's a good throw under a lot of pressure. Uh, and for a kid that really struggled a lot, that's that's kind of that's a good start as a freshman to make that sort of throw with with a lot of pressure in your face and and that's kind of what I was alluding to where it's like it seems like if he doesn't think he's doing better than if he's actually just sitting back there and he has a bunch of time. No, totally. And you have to forgive me the the actual video kind of skipped on my end, so I didn't totally see it, but I kind of got the gist of it. So, um, you know, from from what I could tell, from the pocket, almost makes a back th- shoulder throw all the way across the field in the corner of the end zone, which is. I mean, I we we've heard Kirk Herbert Street say it. We've heard coaches say it. I've heard quarterbacks that I've talked to say it. one of the hardest throws to make those back shoulder kind of fade throws to the you know front corner of the end zone because you're you're throwing it on a rope and you have a, such a tight window and you're throwing it to where only hopefully he can get it to the corner camp break on it and then return a 99 yard touchdown from there. So um, if I'm saying that correctly, just because of skip, but I I think that's what it was. And yeah, that's an extremely tough throw that uh, he almost makes look easy. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you, you got her on the money for, for, for not uh, having a clear film. We did pretty damn good, uh, All right. but Hey, um, you know what, Ryan, I'm, I'm going to let you get out of here. I know you got a newborn. I know you got, um, a lot more things to, to, to take care of and you're a very busy guy. So I do want to appreciate you coming on. Um, one of my, I mean, it, one of my dearest friends, uh, I know we don't go back a long ways, but two, three years. Um, but you'll always, you'll always mean something to me. I'm getting, getting all gushy and mushy here, but uh, <laughs> I really appreciate your time, man. I love to talk football with you, and, and you're always welcome on the coach's show. Well, appreciate you, man. Yeah, this was fun, and uh, I'd love to come on anytime and love what you're doing. Proud of what you're doing, and I'll, uh, I'll still be one of your biggest fans and uh, watching every week. So uh, keep grinding away and keep doing it. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. Have a good night, my man. You too, brother. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Thank you again to Ryan Dyerud for hopping on the show with me. Um, we are going to get into a little bit more uh, JT Daniels film. There's just a little bit more I want to break down. Um, 
and I do know, I know Ryan mentioned it, and, and for whatever reason, I don't know why the film skips a lot um, on the stream here. I, I'm trying to figure that out. We upped our Wi-Fi. We have the best Wi-Fi available in our area, so I'm not really sure why that is. Um, but, you know, technology is going to do what it does, and, and sometimes it just, you know, it is what it is, and we just have to deal with it. But anyway, I am aware of it, so I do apologize for all those struggles, but uh, let's let's try to get into this and let's see what we can uh, see from JT. All right. All right, moving on here. Uh, now here's when I, I mentioned with Ryan, he he seemed to rely a lot on his arm and not so much technique and fundamentals. Um, but as you see here, when you watch guys like Trevor Lawrence uh, make a throw, his th uh, Lawrence his throwing motion is almost perfect. You know, he gets his shoulders turned. He, he's full rotation. He, he drives through the throw. Uh, he, he puts his plant foot down, and, and that's where the power comes. Or, you know, he comes off your back foot, but, you know, you drop through your plant foot. Um, and then he follows through. JT Daniels in this film rarely, if ever, does that. Uh, he likes to put the ball up, just kind of let the guy run underneath it. And I think he just got so used to that at modern day. The fact that they were so talented, they 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 are a college division one factory uh, there in Santa Ana. So I think coming fresh off of a, a high school season when you know he he graduated early as 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 Ryan mentioned, coming into USC true freshman, I just don't know what was going on to where he and do coaches not notice that at USC? I'm not sure why they didn't correct that, but again, hopefully it's corrected by now. But yeah, his throwing motion just seems off to me. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll take another look at that. <clears throat> and let's see here. So here he goes. And watch his throwing motion. And we'll take another look at it from the end zone camera. But his throwing motion, he you can kind of see, it's, it's not, I don't want to call it lazy, but he does not get his body into that throw. You see what I'm saying? He just kind of lays it up. And he gets bailed out by a pass interference call. Uh, which happens actually quite a bit in this game. I've noticed we'll, we'll see it again here in a, on another clip. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really, really tough for him when he's not making the correct throwing motion. And that's what he's doing here. We'll take another look at it. He has a great pocket. Look at that pocket, clean, no mess. Um, and the receiver, you know, he does gain separation. You have a safety bailing out here to kind of bracket this receiver. He can see what's coming. You got a you got a comeback route happening down here, um, so I'm not sure if the decision is the best one to make to start off with. But then you then you go out and, and you make a throw like this. I just don't see any chance that receiver makes that catch. He just sails it. He doesn't get into his throw. Does not get into his throw. And we'll take a look at another. Uh, play here, and I believe this is a very, very similar type of situation. Yeah, just another. Your receiver is wide open. That's a touchdown if that's a good throw. Again, bailed out by pass interference. But watch his motion. Just not no, almost no rotation. And again, pass interference bails him out. But man, at the at the beginning of the play, his receiver is wide open. Look, a great double move by St. Brown. You got a tug on the jersey. That should have been a flag. Yeah, look at the separation. Look at the separation. 
And if and the ball's already in the air, man, you got to put that on a line, you know. And if you are going to let him run underneath it, put more strength behind it, you know. And he and he played with St. Brown in high school, so you'd think these two would have a little bit more chemistry than this. Uh, but you know, maybe the fact you know that they just weren't used to Division One talent yet, man, that should have been six. There's there's really no excuse for that to not be a touchdown. There's really no excuse for that. Take one more look at it, just because I, I, you know, watch number eight here. Great double move by St. Brown. This is actually kind of making me want to break down, uh, break down St. Brown, who was a really good receiver for USC. Man, yeah, this is. Kind of tough to watch just because of how open St. Brown was and, and what how good of a route that was from St. Brown. Okay. Moving on a little bit here. Okay. And then now here, here does a pretty decent job. You can see he puts a lot more behind that throw. You can see it. You can see him. Uh, how much more he puts behind it. And this is not an easy throw. In between essentially three defenders. Puts it right on the money. And watch the difference between his throwing motions. Look, you can see him falling through. It's still not perfect. But man, it's a lot better. It's a lot better than what it was before. So I don't know why he didn't do that every time. Maybe it's just the deep ball. Maybe it's his deep ball throwing motion and, you know, the deep ball accuracy. Maybe that's the problem. Now here, yeah, here, I'm not sure. There's no need. You're rushing. Uh, Washington State is what rushing three guys to six blockers. So you're thinking you're going to have a lot of time, which he does. He has plenty of time. But with only three rushers, that means you got eight dropping back. So a lot of the time, you're going to see quarterbacks take off and run in these situations. And in this situation, I'm not sure why Daniels didn't. I, you know, you kind of see there they had a linebacking spying on him, or linebacking, linebacker spying on him. So maybe that was why. Maybe he didn't feel like he was athletic enough to really make a move uh, down a distance. I'm not sure what it is. I should have taken a look at that. But regardless, um, uh, the, the, you can see Daniels kind of start to fade to his right. Not really even fade. He kind of just starts to hop to his right for no apparent reason. And then when he makes his throw, it's like he's throwing on the run. When it's like you you have plenty of time set up and make a good throw. And and. For whatever reason, he does not do that. You can kind of see it here. He starts to, to fade to his to his right. You know, why, why? Why are we doing that? I mean, maybe to get a better line to his uh, to his target there. Uh, but I, to me, that's not a good enough reason. That's not a, a good enough reason at all. And again, yeah, man, I, you clean pocket. Step up, you know. Stay pat, just stay patient. You got, you know, if this guy sits, you got a, you got a wide open receiver right there, and, and pretty, you know, cushiony coverage. You got a lot of defenders right here at the first down marker. You hit number thirteen here. 
I'm not sure what's going on on this play. If if 13 sits, I'm not sure why JT Daniels didn't didn't sling that ball. And, and there's no reason for him. He's not, he's not even looking that way. He never once looks that way. Never once. So it looks like a lot of the shortcomings that JT Daniels has is a lot of stuff that's kind of easy to fix here. You know, so a lot of what Ryan and I were talking about, if he stays healthy, I think Georgia has a very good quarterback. But he just needs time to to grow and develop. Like, there's no reason to, to, to check it down. There's absolutely no reason. I, I, I don't like that decision by Daniels. At all. <laughs> so, not, you know, not to be too critical of the young man, but, man, let's uh, – Let's give the offense a chance, huh? Let's let's give them a little bit of, you know, let's 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 survey the field. When you have so much time and so much, uh, you know, your offensive line is doing a great job. There's no need to rush this. Absolutely zero need. Absolutely zero need. But anyway, um, the more I look at this, I can just tell the film is so jumpy, and I'm not sure why that is. And, and the whole point of the show is to show, you know, film and break it down. But when skipping like that, I just, you know, kind of makes me want to might call this an early night and, um, you know, see what's going on with this film. Because it just this kind of negates the whole purpose of the show. But anyway, uh, yeah, J.C. Daniels is, is a good quarterback. Uh, he's he has a lot of good intangibles. Uh, I think his throwing motion needs to be <coughs> corrected. I think that needs to be coached up. I think uh, a little bit more experience will will serve him very well going into a system like Georgia's. I think it's going to be great. Uh, he's he's an athletic kid. Uh, he's not going to be you know he's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not Justin Fields. He's not you know some of these you know Trey Lance. He's not any of those guys. But he is a quarterback that can win you football games. And I think under the right coaching and the right system, and at Georgia, I think it's a good system with a very solid running game. Zemir White is going to be a stud. That offensive line they have, uh, they're probably going to send, an, uh, you know, another guy or two from this group into the NFL. I think Georgia, with JT Daniels, can be a winning football team. I think they can be a playoff football team. Uh, I really do. Um, but, yeah, so having said all that, I am – I am going to probably cut this episode short just because I, I want to do a little research here. And with it being Wednesday, I have a whole, you know, a lot of time to kind of before my next show on Monday to see what's going on and, and maybe test some things out, see why this film is just really hard to to, to see. Because, um, I mean, I'm looking at me and I look great right now. So I don't know why the film doesn't look great. Uh, but anyway, um, I really, again, want to thank Ryan Dyrud for coming on. I appreciate the time he took to, to come on the show and I appreciate his support. And I appreciate his knowledge and, and input on, on football and he's a very knowledgeable guy. So if you enjoy, uh, if you're in the LA area, if you enjoy the Rams, the Chargers, the Bruins and the Trojans, uh, and I know they were covering the uh, XFL LA Wildcats while they were um, active. And I know that once they're active again, they're going to pick that right back up. So if you're a fan of any of those teams, man, go give LAFB, a follow go go check out ryan dyer and what they're doing he and frosty rucker have a have a podcast together uh frosty is a former usc player and and, and uh, they, they're doing a great job so um again i apologize for the technical difficulties that we've been um we've been having lately but we're we're gonna get that figured out you know i know this you know being a new show you know we're this is what five episodes in 
uh, it's just something that we're going to have to deal with. And once it's fixed, it's going to be fixed and we're going to be um, smooth sailing. But anyway, once again, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Sorry to cut this short, um, but I just don't want to have you guys sitting there watching film that you can't even really understand what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, but hey, I hope you all have a really good night. Uh, stay safe. Um, for anybody, you know, the hurricanes, uh, you know, I know they're not nearly as bad as they were a few weeks ago. And I know people are still recovering from that, um, from the really serious one. Um, so, uh, you know, anybody going through anything right now, and I know that the whole world seems to be going through stuff right now. So stay safe, everybody. Um, stay patient. And, uh, and uh, I really hope everybody just is able to have a good night and a good rest of your week. And, uh, and, and um, I really appreciate any support I can get, you know, listeners, watchers, whatever. I really enjoy doing this. I love breaking down film. This is kind of just what I love to do. It's my passion. So I appreciate you allowing me to share that passion with you guys. So um, again, I will be back on Monday and I look forward to seeing y'all. All right. You guys have a wonderful evening. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.